Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of Game Week 24. I'm your host Don and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars. Our amiga Kylie unfortunately has been taken ill so um, she isn't able to join us tonight but in her place we are joined by an amazing FBL pundit who has a fantastic FBL record but of course is best known for his fondness of stats. Marzi has even claimed that he brings sexy to stats. It is of course Adam Hopcroft who you all of our listeners should be following at a Hopcroft. 13 on twitter welcome to the show adam yeah welcome guys thanks for having me um we'll open up the show with, with just a message of condolences i guess um to the to cardiff city and to their supporters um of course as we're all following along at the moment with the with the shocking the shocking news about um emiliano sala who um who was traveling traveling back to cardiff and whose plane has gone missing so um i guess hoping for the best but um but preparing for the worst um, shock, shocking, shocking news, but um, our, our thoughts are with them at the moment anyway. Um, Marzi, welcome back on the podcast. How are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Yeah, uh, doing well, thank you. We're, we're looking forward... Well, well said, we're look- by the way. Well said. We're looking forward to a, a, a good podcast on you tonight to, uh, of course, in, enjoy the small things in life when f- and fantasy football is definitely one of those. We're just after having a Getting to Know You podcast with Adam um, we recorded just before that, so um, do look forward to that dropping at the weekend. Um, Adam, come to you first as our guest. Um, tell us, how did Game Week 23 go for you, and um, how is the season progressing so far? Yeah, season, okay. So I'm just inside the top three and a half thousand, so really happy with that. Um, the actual Game Week, um, I think I scored 69 points, which got me a very, very, very small green arrow. Um, the highlight for me was Bennett scoring. He's done. Um, he was on my bench because I, I thought I'd gamble and start in uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. But I think when he scored, knowing that Trent was unlikely to play, that was a, that was a particular highlight. Um, and then I've got the usual suspects, so similar to I suppose the, the template. So Salah, Hazard, Pogba, Rashford. So it's not too dissimilar. Obviously, I benefit. I benefited from that brilliant own goal from Lucas Dean as well. So, <laughs> I think the thing I'm quite pleased with is I've got two free transfers because there was a temptation to take Trent out and swap him for. I was considering Luke Shaw, so that had been a disaster. So I've got two free transfers. So I think, given that a lot of people took four and eight point hits, I'm it probably puts me in a fairly strong position because I don't think many people will will have the transfers this week. Yeah, no, definitely. You were you were lucky because a lot of experienced managers even fell for the TEA trap. Um, but I guess it's another it's another um, reason to um, to do hold off on those transfers. Don't don't make them too early. Uh, Marzi, baby, you had a fantastic game week. Well, um, so I'm preparing myself for a bit of gloating from you. How'd you get on? <laughs> yeah, no, it was really good actually. Yeah, I was really happy. Eighty six points uh, minus four, but uh, yeah, uh, everything worked. Really, to be honest, I didn't think much about it. I said I mentioned that on the getting to know you, I decided to get Ali from the beginning and I went with it. Um, I, I moved Ken and Kane and Son out for Sane and Rashford, so, and all those three delivered, as well as Salah captain. Stuck with Wilson, he also delivered. Um, yeah, so 
about time. About time. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see Wilson in a decent number of teams because I had kind of thought that a lot of people like me hadn't got around to basically bringing him back in again um, after the injury. But, uh, you know, my, my game week all rounded out with the, the poorest game week of the three of us anyway. I only got a 59-point hole, so um, that's red arrows for me. So I went from 19 to, I think, 25, roughly. Um, but I've been kind of bouncing around between those two numbers, as regular listeners will know, um, all season. So um, Rashford, Salah, captain, did well. But um, other than that, Ericsson, I got an assist from. But, um, yeah, not not a good game week by me. Um and I think that Felipe Anderson and Richarlison definitely are they're um, beginning to irritate me sitting there on my team. So um, we might discuss that later on. Um, let's bring us, first of all, actually, I just want to give a quick standings update for our three Migos Classic League. Um, Paul Jones, Sky Player and FBL is still top of the table um, on 1,518 points. He's 70 points this past game week. And Vasco da Arsenal, Alex Brunning's team, is in second spot. And Joe Stones, Victor Moses Lawn. So um, those three have been pretty much up there on top for uh, for most of the season but there is some moves behind them so um well done to those and hopefully you'll put a little bit of pressure on those um those top three um a quick shout out to troy town who is our top um, top manager so far in january they've had 240 points at a 92 point hole there in game week 23 so excellent excellent work there I, as we were talking about hits earlier on um and people taking hits he did actually take a minus eight this week um i noticed to bring in sane Firmino, Firmino and danilo for ta oba and uh and son so a, de- a move which definitely worked out this game week so um i know i probably would like to have obi Miang up against cardiff um this weekend but or next midweek but uh but for this week it definitely worked out for him um marzi um this this time of the show of course we hand our microphone over to you to get rid of any build-up of excess fantasy angst but um i have a feeling that you're going to suggest something a bit different this game week I am indeed. Thanks to uh, Jeff, our friend Jeff. That's Mr. Jeff for you, Don, for you ask <laughs> he or she. Uh, he wanted to know what's our favourite song of all time and what song will describe our team and our season so far. So go yeah. on, Don. And, 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 and you have to sing it, yeah? Like, you know, I, or at I least, like, I... you know, use it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't actually sing. See, uh, the, I, I like so many songs that I was trying to actually nail down to some um, to to one favorite. Um, and thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Mr. Jeff, for the for the for the question. Um, probably the song that always brings a smile to my face and I like listening to the most is um, James Laid. So um, the the lyrics of that one, I'm Marzi, I'll I'll say them. I can't sing them. It's all right. I'll I'll let the, you do that. <laughs> you you might sing along with me, Marzi. This bed is on fire with passionate love. The neighbors complain about the noises above, but she only comes when she's on top. My therapist <laughs> said not to see you no more. She said you're like a disease without any cure. She said I'm so obsessed that I'm becoming a bore. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what you sing to me every night. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, that, that'll be mine. And what was the other one? I had the one that sums up our season. Um, yeah, on for that one, I picked Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who, and it's in full reference to Hazard. I'm not going <laughs> to get fooled by him again. So, uh, so there are mine. Um, Adam, how about yourself? You you give us your uh, your favourite song, and you can sing if you want to. 
I'll pass up. I'll pass on the singing, but <laughs> I think I'm a bit. I'm a big U2 fan, so maybe the, where the streets have no name, with all that, you'd be my favourite U2 songs. And then I think to describe my season, maybe how I've how I've played it, I, I probably meant I mentioned it two minutes ago. Maybe don't look back in anger because I've been quite. I've played it quite calm. I haven't. I've not let the emotions get to me this season as, as opposed to other seasons. Yep, good, good. Um, and you don't bear a grudge, as we learnt in the Aaron Getting to Know You pod. But uh, Mersey, um, let's let's try to keep this to a limit of three minutes, okay? Mm. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted in Dr. one Dre, moment, isn't it? Dr. Dre, would you isn't capture it? it or just let it slip? Listen, this song, this song. Whenever there's like, if I'm really excited about something, or even before my exams. I used to listen to it, so it kind of like gets me in the mood. And and people can think whatever they want about Eminem. Some of his songs maybe not appropriate, but this the words, if you listen to them, absolutely fantastic. And it's one of my favorite songs of all time because I find it so um, relevant to a lot of things that we do. Uh, so yeah. that 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 that's my song. Um, <laughs> as but you know to, to describe me, yeah, I wake up every day. It's a daydream. Everything in my life ain't what it seems. I wake up just to go back to sleep. I actually are shallow, but I'm into deep, too deep. Some people think I'm bonkers, but I just think I'm free. Man, I'm just living my life. There's nothing crazy about me. I know people think I'm crazy, but I just, I love, you know, I, I just want to <laughs> enjoy life, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, for my team, yeah, for my team, uh, I wake up today with this feeling, the better things are coming my way. And if the sunshine has a meaning, telling me not to let things get in my way. When the rainy days are dying, got to keep on, keep on trying. All the bees and birds are flying. Uh, never let go get a hold on non-stop dawning basically keep on moving don't stop whether you're up or you're down baby just take a good look around I know it's not much but it's okay keep on moving anyway because my team I'm, I'm, I'm moving one step up and I'll go down I'll move up and I'll go back so you just have to keep going uh, definitely definitely uh, nice one Mersey and thanks Adam um, the big topic of the week now is our next section of the show. So with a potential double game week in 25 and Adam, of course, on the show tonight, we want to touch on two big topics of the week. Um, the first one is to plan for that double game or that potential double game week in 25 and its impact on our transfer decisions. So, Mersey, could you tell the listeners when are we likely to find out about that potential double and the teams or players involved in it? Right. Uh- Credit goes to Ben C in this because I, I did, I've, I've been looking at his timeline because he's the man when it comes to double game weeks. And I've also been looking around just to understand for me how to start planning. So we, there could be a double game week uh, in game week 25 uh, and it could be announced this weekend. So you really have to be patient. We've got two, two lots of cup games coming up, the, the Caporero Cup and then the FA Cup. So you should not be making any moves anyway in case of injuries. But also by Saturday... No, or Monday latest, we could know if teams like um, Chelsea, City, um, Everton uh, could have double game week. So you've got Man City could play Arsenal, Everton. Everton could play Wolves and Man City. You've got Chelsea who could play Huddersfield and Brighton at home. What, fantastic games, right? And Brighton uh, could play Watford and Chelsea. So you've got four teams. Um, this is basically because uh, if these guys don't get a replay, I believe, there is a chance for them to play in game week, for the FA Cup. There's a chance for them to play in game week 25. And actually, uh, Pep has hinted at that, basically saying that it's up to the league and the league could make us play earlier than what is earlier than the final. 
which made people think that it could be in game week 25. Now, the chance of both games going ahead on game week 25 may be low. Maybe one of them could be City. We don't know, but just hold. You know, it, this is the time, I think, especially if you don't have, if you, if you don't have your wild card uh, uh, and you can't just you know, um, change your team again, this is the time where you hold on to your free transfer uh, and have at least two free transfers going into game week 25. Uh, and maybe it's also a time for a mini wild card. That's that's kind of my thinking at the moment. I, I, I I'm probably going to hold my transfer, even though I have Ali. I'm just going to bench him and play Punchin or something like that, and hope for the best and keep the transfer, and then maybe do three transfers to bring in players like you know. But a lot of us have already City players, right? City players. Some have Chelsea. Uh, uh, you have Everton players, so you keep them. You keep them because you've got a double game we come in now. I know Adam might have a different thought about Richarlison. But for me, um, you know, it's a double game week. So I wouldn't sell him right now. I would wait. But that's just my opinion. And Adam, what's your thinking? Because I know you do have a different opinion on Richarlison. So um, how would you give the listeners the lowdown on that? Yeah, I think the first thing to say is I just agree with everything that Mars has just said around wait until you get all the information. Because at the moment, we may have a double game week, but we don't actually know. So I think that... That's probably the first thing. Um, I've yeah, I've just been really underwhelmed with Richarlison recently. I think he's been very poor. He looks like he's sulking on the pitch. Um, I mean, against Southampton, he literally did nothing. He had no impact on the game. He was subbed early. We saw it last season when he was at Watford, where um, he started to become more and more ineffective in the second half of the season. Um, and for me, I know it's a double game week. One of those games is against Man City, and I, I don't expect him to do anything in there. And I think at, at some point, whether it's um, before game week um, 20, 27 or, or after, he's, go, he's going to be leaving my team. I think it really depends on what happens over the next seven days as to whether, or six days as to whether. I get rid of him. I think I'm a big fan of, I think I've been really impressed with Diogo Jota. He's a possibility. He's got very good fixtures. And I think over the next six, I'd, I'd, I'd expect him to outscore uh, Richarlison. Um, so I, I'm not against getting rid of him. I've got Luke, Luke, uh, Lucas D, uh, Dean, so I've got him anyway. And, and depending on um, who the doubles are, I'd be targeting City or Chelsea. Good stuff, fellas. Um, so um, next next section we want to talk about, the next big topic is about Chelsea. Um, manager Sarri had a strange rant at his players this week um, after their Arsenal defeat, saying they were hard to motivate. With Hazard doing his usual excite, troll, rinse, repeats routine, and a lot of managers have had enough and are selling. Um, Adam, can you give us a case for Hazard as an FPL asset? Do his numbers suggest that a haul is incoming? To, to be honest, probably... To the contrary, um, if I was just looking at his numbers, I'm a hazard owner, I'd be tempted to get rid. So over the last four, Williams actually outperforming him in pretty much every key metric. So he's had more shots, so 10 to 8, more shots in the box, 7 to 6, more shots on target, more big chances. Um, they both created nine chances and he's obviously significantly cheaper. So this is probably a case where that's what the numbers are telling us. I think having watched a lot of the, the, the matches Chelsea have been involved in, I think it's a case that Chelsea have been very poor. 
and they've been struggling. I don't think the hazards necessarily. I mean, he's not been on top, but been terrible, um, and possibly been in lucky in a few of the games. But I think what a couple of interesting things. So Chelsea have got good fixtures. They could pretend. I think they've got Huddersfield and Bournemouth coming up. They potentially could have a double with Brighton and Huddersfield in the same game week. And probably the biggest thing of interest to me is that they're. I don't know if it's actually been confirmed, but Higuain is pretty much a done deal. And I think, so I think that is going to have a huge impact. Murata isn't going to be involved. You know, I think all the stuff that Sari said, you know, it might mean that they have like clear the air talks and thrash it out. I mean, they've got a huge, they've got a huge game against Spurs youth team on uh, Thursday night. So you'd expect, Mm -hmm. You'd expect, you know, that's a perfect game for me to get a reaction. And, you know, if they get through to the Carabao Cup final, you know, that, you know, that could give a real big buzz to, to Chelsea. They then got the FA Cup. So I think probably the other thing to say is we've got two more matches of information to come up on Chelsea. Um, so, and then the Hazard's got a couple of good games. Now, I think... For me, the only thing that may make me get rid of him is if Man City have a double and Chelsea don't. I think because there's a real obvious switch to Sterling or Sane there. So it's really dependent on what happens with with the fixtures. But I think with the knowledge that we've got at the moment, I think if you have Hazard, it would make sense to hold. Because, I mean, his record against Bournemouth is very, very good. I think that's the the one match he always seems to score in. so yeah, I'd I'd probably hold, but this, like, like I said, the stats aren't great at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, no, Sorry, I, I fully fully agree. No, I, I I fully agree. I mean, I'm an had owner. I was, I sold him. But if, if they have a double, especially against those t- teams and Bournemouth to follow, um, he's he's one I'll, I'll definitely want to bring in. Just worth mentioning, we just talked about all the potential doubles. By the way, if Spurs do beat Chelsea. They were highly likely that they will not have um, a double in game week 25 because of of the setup and who they play. And I think that that would ru- that would rule out that game and could mean that only City have a double in game week 25. But like like we said, we'll find that by Monday latest. So it's definitely worth holding on. Good stuff. So the verdict basically on Hazard is: if you own him, keep him. If you uh, if you don't own them though, the the numbers aren't suggesting that there is more to come. But I think Higuain, the addition of him, will it'll it'll definitely it'll change something. Something will um it'll uh, the Murata going and Higuain coming in with this familiarity with Sarri, it it could have a positive impact on on Chelsea in general and Hazard in particular. Um, folks, let's move on to the bonk marry your stalk section of the show. So the yeah, that's that'll work well. Marzi, you note down the time there, will you? And tell me. Uh, just tell yeah. me afterwards so that I can edit you. Yeah. One thirteen. Well, I'll tell you yeah. now because I'll forget. I'll well, or do you well, have you down? any? Have you any to write down of you? Yeah, yeah, I can write it. I know. Yeah, yeah. So we'll move on to the next section of the show, which is Bonk Marrier Stoke. In this segment, we look at the top performers from the previous game week who will inevitably be receiving thousands of new owners this week. But are they Bonk, Marry or Stoke candidates for our amigos? Um, so Kylie was going to be looking at Fabian Scher, who was a 21-point 20, hole in game week 23. 
but um, FBL managers um, aren't biting actually on him as a transfer this week. Um, so uh, I was going to ask Kylie, so what does Fabian have to do to get on her bonk, marry or um, list? But uh, she's a, I, I reckon she definitely would, he would be a stalk. So um, we might move directly on from that one. I don't think Schler, the reason, the reason he's not interesting anyone is we're not really anticipating too many um, defensive masterclasses from Newcastle, despite the fact of uh, it's, it could be one of those definitive um, one week wonder scores from Schler but uh yeah. but um, un- unless one of unless one of you guys have something that's going to change my mind well at all. no well, they do have City and Spurs in the next two games so you might just want to hold for a bit uh, afterwards they have better fixtures where they have uh, Huddersfield and Burnley uh, home back to back so you know what potential if you want a cheap defender but there's so many others at, at that price range that there's no need to need to and bring in somebody that just because because you're chasing the points yeah, no, definitely. Um, Adam, come to you. We actually spoke a lot about Wolves, and uh, we spoke about Wolves actually during our Getting to Know You podcast as well. But, of course, Jota, he's hat-trick heroes have a way of getting our attention in FBL, but he is fifth for most transfers in this game week. Give us your lowdown on Jota, and, of course, give us your bonk, marry, or stalk verdict on him. So I watched the game on Saturday, and it was an it's an incredible match. And straight away, the thing that you could see is I think the way that Wolves set up really suited um, Yotta. So one diff- big difference is they played the extra, I don't know if you call it defensive midfielders, they brought Dan Donkerim. And I think this has a huge impact because what it meant, and if you watch the first goal in particular, they win the ball back quicker. I think Jimenez was dropping a little bit deeper, but he's still got a lot of assist potential. So I think I think the formation, if you look how far forward Jota was playing as well, is really, really encouraging. If you look, I mean, if you watch him, he's a live wire. He's really involved. He's a bit prone to getting a yellow card, but I think so. if you buy him, you're going to have to accept that. And he had quite a bad record for that in the championship as well. But I think the runs he makes is going to cause teams problems. Um, before... And a lot of people might look, OK, he's got a hat-trick. That's why he's on your radar. But before he got injured, I was on the Fantasy Football Scout um, podcast and it was, you know, he was the person I was recommending as a differential before they played Bournemouth. And I think the three games before he got injured, two goals, two assists, he's a constant threat. I think he got an assist against Liverpool in the Cup. It, for me, um, He's someone I'm really considering bringing in. And I just think him, um, we talked about Richarlison. He's got three goals in 12. Yotta got three in 90 minutes. So it, when you put it like that, and the fixture run is as good at the top of the fixture tick up. So it's hard to make a case. And I think the, the only thing that will put people off is if Richarlison has a double game week. And I think I can understand the logic of that, but, I, th- I think Richarlison's playing a rejuvenated and that rejuvenated Huddersfield, um, and I think you know they've got a new say rejuvenated. So they've got a new manager. So you know what response is that going to get? Everton, the vibes around Everton are great. Whereas Wolves, to me, I mean, getting a last-minute goal as well, I think that always adds adds to your confidence. I think he seems to be playing free of injury. So for me, probably. Probably close. To, is it is Mary the best one? Yeah, probably go for Mary on on that at the moment. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, as as you mentioned, I think his the fact that he gets yellow cards, you can see why because he is all action and he's um 
he's involved. He's not he's not just one of these forwards or attackers who kind of shirks their defensive stuff. He does like to get stuck in. Um, the Marzi baby come to you on the forwards. So uh, Firmino and Wilson, I gave you a couple of players to talk about here for differing reasons. Firmino's in a real rich vein of goal-scoring form, and Wilson, of course, is coming back into um, into all of our thinking now post-injury. Both are good game week 23s, but which player is more in your sights as the potential transfer in? Now, I know you own uh, you own Wilson. Um, I do. But, um, I do. Yeah. What's your What's your thinking, particularly on um, on Firmino? I mean, listen, Bobby. Bobby's on. He he's such a form player, and at the moment he seems to be back back in his back in his groove. Uh, and if if you look at so, there's a couple of things here, right? You you need to think about the player, the form, and your your position. We've got double game weeks, blank game weeks coming up. The most important information that I can give you is that Liverpool do not have a blank. So if you if you don't have a wild card, if you already used it, or you plan, or you're starting to plan your team, then then of course Liverpool are one of those. You you, you need to have three of their players because they they play in every single game week. Uh, now some people have decided to go double up on defence and uh, and Salah, and that's that's a fine strategy, absolutely fine strategy. Uh, I only have Robertson. I'm not planning on doubling up because at the moment our defence is weak all over the place because of the injuries. So I will be thinking about Firmino for sure during the period um, where, where there's uh, double game weeks when I don't want to use my wild card. Uh, I mean, if you look fi- fixtures-wise, you know, Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth, United, Watford, Everton. Those are the pictures. But with Liverpool and, and, and fixtures, you know, um, obviously Liverpool are, are, are going on, on for the title for the title front. So the, the way we're playing at the moment... Um, Firmino is, is, is central. He will be starting in all those games. I can't see Firmino being rested. Uh, also, we don't, Liverpool don't have any cup games to come to, to rest them. So, definitely one that should be in your plans, especially at his price range. You know, you can. Uh, he, he's not. He's not the most expensive. Now, if you look at Wilson, now Bournemouth could also be another team without a blank. Uh, they are, they play Newcastle, who are in the FA Cup, but they play Watford. So Newcastle Watford. If Newcastle do win, then Bournemouth have a blank. If Newcastle, and if you look at the percentages, I think what for the more you know have more chance with the bookies, whatever. Then Wilson is another one that is actually doesn't have a blank. So again, if you if you want to plan your team and you don't want to use your free hit, you don't want to use your wild card for the first blank game week, then Wilson, if you have him, is somebody that you keep. However, if you look at their at their fixtures, it's actually quite horrendous. So they've got Chelsea, then Cardiff, and after that they've got Liverpool, Wolves. Arsenal, Man City. Wolves is at home, but we've seen how Wolves play away from home. And the Wolves have given the big, the bigger teams, you know, City, the, okay, City, but uh, they gave United <laughs> Spurs, they gave them games. Yeah. Well, with City, they struggled. But you know what I mean. Wolves are no, not no, an easy team yeah, to play. They're not an easy team to play. So I, if, you, if you're looking at the fixtures, they are horrendous. Uh, Chelsea, uh, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City. And then after that, they've got a really nice run of fixtures. I mean, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Leicester, Burnley, Brighton. So he's one to keep for later on. However, Wilson has been scoring and Bournemouth actually score a lot of goals, especially at home. Uh, and he's been uh, pivotal to, the, to those. And I, I saw King might have a knock, which means that he'll play even more. Um, so it's, it, it's a tough one. For me, if you have him, there's no need right now to sell a player like, like Wilson because he's cheap. So you're not really... Where are you going to move from, from Wilson? Maybe the only other player is Jimenez around his, his price that is actually interesting. 
Apart from that, it's, it's, it's a step up to get to Rashford it's a, if you don't have him. It's a step up to go to Firmino or, or, or Aguero and these guys. So it's more than one transfer. I wouldn't burn a transfer on a player that actually this weekend, we will know if he has a blank or not. So again, it's about being patient. Have a little patience, as our friends take that say, and mm-hmm. just wait. <laughs> Um, it's nice tie in actually. One one thing um, I meant to come back to you on, Adam, was Yota. The thing with him, of course, is a lot of people would have two Wolves already. Um, what's your thinking on a potential triple up for Wolves there if you do have Yota, say, Darty and, and Jimenez, or alternatively even um, Patricio on goal? Yeah, it, it, yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't put me off. I can understand the concern that people would have. Um, I personally, I've got Bennett, he's more of a sub, and I think one of my big regrets is uh, is not going for Doherty over him. But I think, yeah, it, it doesn't put me off. I think having watched the, the games, Jimenez is so involved, and I think and, and I think they, they really complement each other. So there might be the occasional blank, but I'd actually expect them both to be involved in, 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 in a lot of Wolves' goals. Um it's kind of similarly to Wilson and Fraser. Wilson I guess. Fraser, exactly. I was just about to say that. Wilson Fraser, look at the points they gave to their owners. Well, yeah, there's such good value as well. And there were a few times on Saturday they combined incredibly well. I think, I think it all, depending on who they play, like, say, for example, it could be that, you know, in certain games they give Yotta more attention rather than Jimenez. So, I just think they're a handful. They look like a really, really good partnership. And I think the way Jimenez played, he's very unselfish. I mean, he's, he's probably not the best finisher, but he works incredibly hard. Uh, his movement's quite good. So I, I think they really complement each other. Everything, I think the other thing I would add is a lot of Wolves fans are really speaking up um, both of them. So they've got good fixtures. They're playing teams that have conceded a lot of goals. I don't think having one impacts the other, personally. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be for... And I think if you've got a Doherty, most people who've got Doherty have got, like, three other defenders they can play, sometimes four as well. So you're not completely committed to playing a treble up every week. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, I, I benched Jimenez. I benched the wrong player this week. I, I went for Doherty and I benched Jimenez. But um, I've uh, it's it is it is one of those ones. But I think uh, Wolves Wolves with the the cost of their players a triple up definitely is something to be completely concerned about. Um, folks, let's move on to our listener questions. So um, we got a ton in. So I kind of grouped them into um into some some common topics basically. Um, first off, I want to start off with FBL Thunder Jeff. So um, we asked a questionnaire Ron, which was the uh, which was our singing one, our song one. So um, thanks Jeff. He's uh, he asked a few questions this week. Uh, first of all, his question is, Hi guys, I currently have five premium midfielders, but in view of Tottenham, Chelsea, Man City issues, I'm looking to move to 4-3-3 for February. He is Rashford, but only other tempting forwards for him over that period are Arsenal forwards. Do you see a better February striker setup than Rashford, Aubameyang and Lacazette? So he already has Firmino. So um, Marzi, I'll give that one to you. What's your thinking on that? Yeah, um, I mean the only other person that I would think. Did you did you say he who who does he have? Rashford. He's, and who, he has Rashford and Firmino. 
Oh, already has for me. I was going to say, Firmino is the other person. Yeah, I mean, look, I see the... Uh, of course, look, you go team by team. City will have rotation. So if you don't want to take a risk... Aguero and, and, and Jesus, you look somewhere else. Uh, Chelsea don't have a striker. Uh, and then you look at Spurs. Uh, no, you don't go there. Laurent, no, thank you. So actually, Arsenal become the main and only option out of the top six teams uh, to have a striker from. And look, they're a team that can score goals when, when they play, when they're in their groove. Uh, so for me, yeah, it'll be one of uh, Lacazette or, or Boomerang. For sure. But I wouldn't go there. He's he's proposing um, going with a double up. So both of them, both Aubameyang and Lacazette, for like it could work. But for, I I never like that. I why, don't ever like you, having two sell, forwards. Why would you sell Rashford or Firmino right now? It makes no sense to sell Rashford or Firmino. So you want a third to go with them. So I'll downgrade. I think he has Ali. Uh, so I'll downgrade Ali and bring in um, either Boomerang or Lacazette. I wouldn't yeah. sell Rashford or Firmino right now, for sure. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Um, it's, it, it does bring up a good point, though. For February, there there could definitely be um, benefit to going with you know smaller teams, Rashford plus um, plus smaller teams probably up front, and then go and do go big in midfield or even defence over the over the February. Because um, as you mentioned, the fixtures don't. But then fixtures oftentimes they can be a little bit of one of those trick things. I'd, I always prefer to kind of go with better players and stick with players around form rather than actually getting too obsessed with the fixture list. Um, let's move on to the next section, which I'll come to you first on, Adam. Um, it's kind of the triple captainship. So um, the, the, what is your usual strategy for dealing with, um, with the triple captainship? Do you always use it in a double game week or sometimes a plum individual fixture? I'll just read out the couple of questions first, basically, on it. Um, FBL Ginger Ninja was asking any thoughts on plum fixtures and players for the triple captainship. Um, and Morpheus Fire was asking, should I gamble a triple captainship on Salah, given that Liverpool have no double game week or blanks? Um, also, he's wondering about Hazard in the Bonk Marrier stock uh, section of the show. But um, what's your thinking on the triple captainship? Do you always, Adam, use it on those double game weeks? Or do you, do you sometimes like just to take a punt on a nice fixture and go on a, a player in form? Um, I've always used it on double game weeks, and I think, if I can fit, fit it around double game week this year, that's what I will do. I think if we've got the double game week in 25 and Chelsea are playing, Hazard, for me, is is probably the, the most obvious um, triple captain you'll get. So you've got Huddersfield and Brighton both at home. Higuain will be in. I'd, I, I, you, you know he's probably going to play the majority of minutes there. So... The, 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 what tends to happen is later on in the season, it happened a bit with Man City last year, is rotation. And I think so. Using the later you use a triple captain, probably the less minutes they're going to get. Um, also, as well, with a lot of chip strategy, because you can't use two chips in one week, a lot of people are maybe um, free hitting one double game week and while well, sorry, bench boosting the other, or wild card in one and bench boosting the other. So. I think if there is a double game week or a third double game week for one of the teams or there is a double game week in 25, then that looks good. I'd be tempted. I mean, you could also look at City if you think Sterling or Sane are going to play both games, which I think they probably will do, given that City have a bit of a deficit. Um, but, I'd, 
Yeah, I, I, I think probability wise, when you particularly when you're looking at premium players, if they're going to play two games, realistically they're going to get more points than you know Salah would in in any single game week. The other thing as well is you've got to predict Salah is capable of getting 21 points. I think he got to 29 against Watford last year. He's capable of that, but you might be able to predict the game he gets to Dublin, but to be able to predict the game that he gets, um, you know, 29 points is very, very difficult. So I think probability-wise, you're best to stick with uh, a player that you know is going to play twice and has got two good fixtures. And that's why if Hazard does have this double game week, I'll be looking to him. Excellent. Yeah, no, it's a... a good shout for people who are looking to hold on to Hazard is that yeah, um, for sure. those two fixtures are lovely. Adam, what do you think, sorry, whilst we're here, we're talking about City players and a potential double and a captain. One of the big topics that just come up literally like in the last few hours that uh, Mendy's back, Sane's minutes. Any thoughts on, uh, are you concerned? Are you a Sane owner? Would you be concerned with Mendy being back? I'm not a Sane owner, but now wouldn't be. So I think there's, there's mixed comments from Pat saying he's included tomorrow, but then he talks around him potentially being involved towards the end of the season. Yeah, I saw I think, that, yeah. I think Sane's in a very different position to what he was um, at the start of the season. At the start of the season, there were question marks around his attitude. He's been exceptional the last, you know, uh, um, probably last eight, eight, eight of nine weeks. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's probably been better than Sterling. He's been the main man for City. And I think he's really upped his game. And he had a bit of a slow start to the season. Um, so I think he's, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty integral um, to City at the moment. And I think the other thing with Mendy is if I, uh, Mendy has had, since he's been at City, two or three quite bad injuries. Are they going to rush him back and play him every single match? I don't think they will do. So, for me, I I definitely wouldn't be worried as a Sane owner. I would, you know, depending on the the fixtures and whether they have a double game, I'll potentially look at bringing him in. Um, I I really, I think City are in a position where they have to win games and Sane, you know, offers something that, um, you know, particularly around the creativity and being able to, you know, put a ball literally across the six-yard box and a play. I don't really think many other players in the City offer that. So, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be concerned if I was a Sane owner at all. Great stuff, Adam. Um, and the question, actually, we'll, we we were during our getting to know you episode, we were talking about, of course, the um, the captaincy decisions and how you make them. But um, FBL Call was asking about your thoughts on the specific idea of moving away from Salah as a captain. So I'd like your opinion on it. Um, he asked, Buenos dias, amigos. Uh, hope you all had a great game week. Average for myself, but expected after injury gate last week. With templates forming again and captaincy templates forming with Salah, when is it best to captain elsewhere or do we need to stay, stay safe to avoid huge drops? I think it is definitely, I think there's a set and forget with Salah as a captain. A lot of people are just planning on setting and forgetting Salah as a captain for the coming game weeks with his ownership, with his form and with Liverpool's fixtures. Um, what's your thinking on that one, Adam? Um, yeah, I just think it's a risk you don't need, don't need to take. For me, uh, I, post, I was 
you know, I considered Pogba last week. I say considered, you know, I thought about it very briefly. And I think the big thing with Salah and, you know, I know a lot of people had Kane and possibly would have captain Kane v Fulham. And I think it's a shame that Kane got injured for that exact reason. But the big advantage Salah got is playing as number nine for the number, for the lead, um, for the team at the top of the Premier League. They're very attacking. He gets an extra point for a goal um, over the forwards. He gets a point for a clean sheet. He started to pick up bonus. You know, he's taking penalties, which he's doing very well to win. It's just hard to think of an argument not to captain him. It's four, I mean, what he's got five, I think five um, double digit calls in the last seven or something along those lines. So he's very, very consistent. Exceptional fixtures. I, 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 yeah, I just struggle. There isn't, you know, I think next game with Aubameyang's got Cardiff, but even then, I I think it'd be so difficult to to look past Salah, the form that he's in, the fact that Liverpool need to win the games and how how attacking they are. So, I've, I for me, I think a lot of people do look for differentials to try and make up ground, and I think you're better off doing it slowly and surely rather than because all all that happens is you just end up further behind. Yeah, trying to make up the difference um, on the captain picks with when Salah's in this form would be very difficult. Um, thanks, me and Adam. Um, Jota, so the next uh, next group of questions, we have uh, Danny Matthews, Matthews Nadazan, um, Ayodiki Okex. So uh, sorry about my pronunciation of that one. But um, they're both asking about Jota. Now, we did speak on him a decent bit there, but specifically, Mars, a couple of um, decisions basically for you. I'm wondering about, do I switch Lorente for Jota if it costs him a minus four? So um, what Lorente didn't um, didn't impress <laughs> too much at the at the weekend, shall we put it that way? Yeah, he didn't. But to be honest, why would you take a minus four? Now we just we're talking about holding a transfer. Um, you know, you, you've got a double game week coming up. Yes, Lorente annoyed people, but just just hold on. Um, and, and, and see what happens. I know that Ali uh, is out, of course, as well. So, I mean, Lorente pretty much will be guaranteed to at least get another shot at it. Well, they don't have any option, to be honest, mm. unless they bring Janssen back or, <laughs> or unless they've got a, yeah. a Harry Kane, a Harry Kane uh, Jr. or something. But like a that. minus four is a bit much anyway, probably because like, it is, like it is. More, they are yeah. playing West Ham at home and West Ham defensively maybe have not been great. But I, I just think for me, I'll prefer to save the transfer and see what happens. Cool. And um, the other question was about Yata for Frazier over the next six game weeks. So um, which side of the coin would you be coming yeah. on that one? Yata, yeah, that, yeah. That, that I prefer, yeah, because uh, Bournemouth have some tough games the coming fixtures, up. Yeah. Whereas Yata's yeah. uh, on fire, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Um, next up was Richarlison. So Sankol Mandavia was asking the... Now, there was talking about selling Richarlison or not. Now, we did discuss that in detail earlier on. And if yes, who is the best replacement? Probably the man we've just after been speaking about, Yota. Um, but uh, if, if you prefer to kind of to wait and see and leave him another game to see um, if it was just kind of a one-game one wonder. Um, but as Adam described earlier on, Yota isn't exactly just a one-game a one wonder. He showed the form in the championship. Um, he has showed it before his injury, um, that he that he's the stats are pointing towards those kind of performances from him. So, um, we'll probably say Yota to you and leave it at that, Sandal or Sankul. 
Um, a couple of questions, actually. John Grifters United was asking, um, Marzi, give this one to you too. Lots to be decided before game week 24. Which teams are you hoping have cup upsets just to make life a little easier? Um, Marzi, I know you gave us a rundown on your blanks around there, but uh, I don't what? want life to be easier. I want as many blanks as possible. I love it. It's okay. it's what makes it more interesting. And it gives the advantage to, to people who are watching it. Who are watching, planning, and also it just makes it a bit more interesting. If uh, you know, it's good. It's good. This is the time where where you can make 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 up points, and and the the the, the planners in us might might succeed or you have a plan you follow it with but it makes it more exciting so i want as many upsets as possible so we have more double uh, more blanks and double game weeks personally sorry john so adam got one for you if you have robertson and salah should you go for another defender or go for Mane or Firmino as a third liverpool player um good question so i i've got both and uh, trent alexander arnold i think at the time i was happy with the decision um, I'd, I'd possibly be tempted by Firmino now. I think he's, uh, his his stats are very good. They're competing with Aubameyang. He's two million cheaper. Um, that said, you know the, the other option could be you know Van Dijk. Who I think you can expect him. I think Liverpool will continue to keep clean sheets. I think I think yeah. the the big difference the weekend. I've not heard many people mention this. Is Palace scored first, and I think that really affected the game. And Palace yeah. were a very good counter-attacking team, so I think it was a one-off. And you know, Milner, I know suspended, but he's not going to come up against Zaha every week. Hopefully, Trent will be back. I think they're starting. So I, I think either option is good. The thing I would say is I probably would advise tripling up on Liverpool. Um, I probably would say out of all of them, I think an extra defender over the season will probably outscore Firmino. But I don't think there'll be a lot in it. And Fair enough. And that was a question from uh, Dom J at Dominic 855 um, Another question for you from the Jackal FBL at FBL Jackal. Uh, he's got Ali, and he want he wants to know our opinion of who he can uh, replace him with. He's got Sane, Pogba, and Salah. So originally, I thought looking at these is maybe downgrade Ali to Yota, and maybe upgrade somewhere else. What, what do you think? Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good idea actually. Um, has he got Pogba? Did you say? Yeah. So he's got Pogba. Sorry, he's got Sane, Pogba, and Salah. Oh wow, what a mid what a midfield. Yeah, I probably wouldn't go Ericsson. I think Spurs have got too many injuries. Um I think if they if Chelsea have a double, Hazard would be an obvious one and try and look to get funds elsewhere. Um I agree with you. I think you hop Yotta and, and free up the money and put put the money elsewhere would be a good option. Um other than that, uh, you know, I don't think I think I think at that price point in particular, I think you've either got to go up or down. I don't think there's really anybody else. So yeah. it's either Berlin and Hazard or down to the Otter and put the money elsewhere. Would you consider Pedro, considering Chelsea might have a double game week, or is that too much of a risk? Personally I wouldn't. Um I know that Sari likes Pedro because he feels he offers something that um, the other players don't in terms of his runs in behind. 
But I think with Hudson Adoy, William, Higuain coming in, I just yeah, I think it possibly would be too much of a risk. I think it's just a transfer further down the line. The other thing as well, Pedro seems to have had a um, a few injuries this year, so. Yeah. I, 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 it was it was somebody added to my watch list. So I can, I, uh, you know, I think both him and William have shown shown glimpses, but uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't because I think there'd be a transfer out further down the line. Yeah, fair enough. And you just mentioned Ericsson. We've got FBL hype, and FBL hype was asking, uh, should I keep or sell Ericsson with all the Spurs injuries? I already have Sane, Salah, Bogba, and Kamarasa. So for me again, this seems like uh, they already. I mean, maybe Ericsson to no, he's got Pogba. Sorry, yeah. So for me again, it's a downgrade of Ericsson to to a cheaper midfielder and upgrading somewhere else. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think the big thing is obviously wait and see what happens with Spurs over the next two games because I think it would be interesting how they set up, particularly against uh, Chelsea. Oh, I think if you've got Ericsson, as long as there's no double game weeks or where you, know, you you can benefit. Spurs need to win the games against Watford, Newcastle and Leicester. They haven't got a lot of their main man. Ericsson did really well in the World Cup for Denmark when he was the absolute main man for the team. Yeah. And he was really good. So I'd probably keep him. I mean, I, I think I heard earlier on, a, on another pod that, you know, he's hardly blanked in the last 10, 10 matches. So, I'd probably keep him. The only reason I would get rid is if um, is if the you know there are there's some really good options with double game weeks and you have you know I'd potentially use him to to swap for a double game week player. Yeah, if anything, you'll get you'll get assists from Ericsson. He's he's one of those guys that will always uh, seem to get a whip, whip it in and get an assist. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, give you a couple more at Prashan Tiwari at FBO underscore Prashan he wants to know if you would start Ings or Jimenez so Ings has got Palace at home Jimenez got West Ham at home oh wow that's a that's a tough one yeah it is <laughs> honestly I would probably start Jimenez yeah on form I think on current form Jimenez uh, tips it over um, yeah Oh, Ings looked okay the weekend. I think it'd be more. He did. He did, but from. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to say the, the only thing I've noticed is that, particularly with his injury, he seems to be getting taken off quite a bit. Um, and particularly because how he's been, you know, I don't think he's played 90 minutes. So, yeah. That would be a bit typical. And I think also, you look at the two defences, Palace, although. Exactly. Yeah, you, you could see you could see that being quite a tight game. Whereas I think Wolves West Ham, West Ham away recently. Then they lost to Burnley. They lost the the, the other week. You never know with West Ham who's gonna what's gonna turn up. They could they could win that three 0 or lose it three 0 Honestly, so I'd, I'd probably go with Jimenez. Yeah, two. I was gonna say for me, Palace play actually better away from home. Sometimes they're a counter-attacking team and they'll be quite tight. And then. On the counter, so I could see it be like you said, being a tight, tight game. And then, uh, would you start Fabianski or Patricio? So again, Fabianski. Well, yeah, they're playing each other. I would go with the homekeeper. What, what about you? Yeah, when you look at the fixture, you'd probably expect Wolves are more likely to keep a clean sheet. That said, 
I'm a big fan of Fabianski. I've got Fabianski. I actually made the move some weeks back to take Patricia out with Fabianski. Um, I'd probably start Fabianski, but to be honest, uh, I, I think that game in particular could go either way. I could, I could, I could see both teams scoring. I could see a big win for either side. Uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, I, I, that is that is a more difficult one to difficult one to call. I think what you said makes sense going with the home keeper. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, at FBL, uh, FBL Gym, at FBL Gym, he's asking, when do you start making moves for the blanks and double game weeks? I think we said you need to be patient until the end of this week at least, but when do you start thinking, if, if, ignoring the game week 25 blank, knowing that yeah. the, game, the blanks start in 31, when would you when would you start thinking about it? Um, so I think the, big, the most important thing for this is the fixtures that players have leading up to the double game weeks. I think we've all fell into traps where... We've bought, you know, I'm thinking like Matt Phillips was my one a few years back, where we've bought players that have got double game weeks in like four or five weeks' time, but they've still got to do well in the fixtures leading up to it. I think the Liverpool is a no-brainer, triple up. You've got three players playing that week. Um, A lot of people have talked about Leicester in game week 27. I think that's an option. The only concern I've got with Leicester is they were... They look terrible against Wolves, I thought. And I think they're not, they don't seem, to, there seems to be something um, that they seem to be, it seems to be quite an unhappy camp and they're not going to go down. So could they be on the beach? And I think that's mm. something wary of. They, they do actually have some good options. A lot of people have talked about Pereira, Madison, Vardy, etc. Yeah. Um, I, I was actually quite impressed with the way they came back. Like, to, you know, I, I expect that when, when uh, Wolves went 2 0 up, I thought that's it. They're going to get hammered. But actually, to be fair to them, I mean, awful defending. Absolutely awful defending. But they did come back, which made me think maybe they are. And they were devastated when Wolf scored that winner. But yeah, I agree with you. There's something not right. And there's no smoke without fire. And it's just pure. He does, he, their manager does not um, come across as the most inspiring, to be honest. Um, so yeah, no. I agree with you. A lot of stuff in the camp where you, you hear of rumours that they don't like playing for the manager, and that's been like that for a while. And I just think when they know they're safe, and you know, are they going to continue to 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 give everything, or are they going to play like they're on the beach? Um, yeah. There are good options from Leicester, and I think they've, they've got good fixtures from 27. Um, I think also as well, we'll probably know more after this weekend. So if they're uh, other teams that have got blanks in 30, sorry, they're playing in 31 that have got good fixtures leading up to it and you trust the player, that's yeah. absolutely fine. But I think you absolutely have to trust the player. I'd be happy. I wouldn't have an issue if I had eight players in, in game week 31. There's like, yeah. you know, I'd rather that than fill it up with people that might get two to four pointers that I'm going to have to take out and you know, I think the the get the the, the uh, game week 31 last year. Or I don't know if it's 31. It might have been a bit earlier, but the blank game week last year where Salah went yeah went, mental against Watford. Yeah, you know, you didn't really need to have a full complement of players. You know, you might have lost 10, 15 points on the week, but in the grand scheme of it, you'd have probably made that up by not picking loads of dross in the lead up to it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, 
to be honest, on the other hand, I remember planning for that and bringing Shakiri in. And he scored in every game week leading up to the blank game week. So it could work. But I understand what you're saying. Of course, if you don't want to go filling your team with players that, you, like you said, you don't trust or players are not scoring just for the sake of having a player for two points. I'd rather you, you know, keep, keep the big players because they're the ones that would deliver. Exactly. Right. Fair point. Penultimate question. I'm, I'm leaving one question to the end because I thought it was quite interesting. But the, the penultimate one from uh, Andre L at Andre O zero three one three. He is getting frustrated with Anson and Richardson. Is it time to drop them? We talked about Richardson a lot. So what do you think about Anderson? Um, I think I think it'd be interesting to see what happens with Anatovic. Firstly. Um, I think if Anatovic, because there's talk of him coming back into the fold, I've heard all sorts of rumours around him. I think if he goes, I think before over Christmas, Anderson did well being the main man. But I think he's the sort of player that's going to frustrate. I'd be, I like him more than Richarlison because I think when you watch him, he, he he's got a bit of class about him, a bit of swagger, and I think he can make something happen. And I can see with Anderson, he's either a 15-pointer or a 2-pointer. He's got that about him. Yeah. Uh, their fixtures are okay. I think they've got they've got a couple of things. It Wolves away, then um, Liverpool at home. So that's yeah. great. I think they've got a few okay ones after that. I think they play Fulham and a few, a few easier ones. So I, th- I think wait and see what happens with, with the... Um, FA Cup, firstly. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. I must admit, I do like him as a player, though. Um, but he, he is somebody that is very frustrating to own. Um, I transferred him out and transferred him in for a hit. <laughs> I'm so yeah, I understand the frustration. Um, I think if you, I think I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't be put off selling him at this stage at all. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, great, great answer. Right, and the last question is from uh, the leader in our uh, Three Amigos Classic League, uh, Paul, at Sky uh, play, player in FBL. He, bit, bit of a random question, but what would be interested to know how much time you guys and Adam allocate to FBL research each week? Oh, wow, really good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be a good question to close on. So uh, how much time do you spend, Adam? I reckon, if in terms of actual research, and then I'm not including like posting stuff on on Twitter, I I I, I would say an hour a day easily, um, maybe more. I listen because probably if you fact include like the pods that I listen to, you yeah. probably look two hours a day. Um, I tend to use I do a lot on my commutes, which which helps. So it means it's an effect time with the family, but. Um, yeah, easily two hours a day. I mean, you know, possibly more on some days, but um, I, I tend to, yeah, like I tend to do it on my commutes when I'm by myself, so it doesn't impact on other people. Yeah, no, same here. If I take away the pods, and uh, where, where sometimes I listen when I'm when I'm at work, or uh, if if I'm working on something and I can listen and focus on a. On a pod, and sometimes I end up rewinding it if I see an interesting point that I realise that I just zoned, you know, zoned out. It's it's there, but but I'm not actually concentrating. If I take that out, I think a lot of the times I do my research at night, and probably I don't know half an hour, an hour a night. Again, it's uh, more looking at fixtures, looking who I want to bring in, looking now starting to look at the 
double game weeks and, and, and the blanks and just kind of looking around, playing around with my team, seeing what I, what moves that I need to do. I, I end up sometimes taking screenshots of what my, what I what I want my team to look like. For me, mini league is a big thing, so I also like study the mini league that I'm in, the main mini league, and see who, what players are differentials, what players would hurt me if they um, if they deliver and I don't have them. So so yeah, I mean, it depends. Now that the blank game weeks and double game weeks are coming up, I guarantee that I'll be spending a bit more time looking into that uh, than just a, a normal week. I think you made a good point there. I think me, um, of particularly the last few days. I to stop thinking about things too much because the answers are we don't know the answers until probably Monday next week do we because there's so much that can happen um, so I probably I read a lot of football related stuff which isn't necessarily I suppose it doesn't directly link into FPL but um, it, you know it does help you form opinions of players and teams etc Um but yeah, I'd, I'd say easy, easily an hour and a half, possibly two hours a day. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, folks, that's all we've got time for on our listener questions tonight. So um, next section of the show and uh, our last section is, of course, our Game Week plans, Game Week 24 plans and our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks. Adam, I'm expecting the Game Week plans answer to be pretty much wait and see how the cup upsets um, or cup happens, what happens in the cup. Um, any any kind of clarification on the blank game weeks but um, have you got anything else that what, what's on your mind basically ahead of game week 24 is there any players that maybe should be feeling your your glare on the back of their neck and wondering whether you're going to give them a haul yeah so um, Richarlison which we've talked about I think yeah just to echo exactly what you said wait and see what happens what I've I saved, like I said, I saved a transfer this week. So, um, I'm, I'm as things stand, I will probably I will be very tempted to do Richarlison to Yotta. One of the other reasons for it is it frees up money, and um, it will, it, it, you know, particularly if Chelsea have a double game week, and now me to bring in David Luiz the following week, um. And it might be able to able me to make a few of the moves. So that's what I'm looking at, at the moment. That could all change. Um, I'm fairly happy with my team. I could do with ideally, I'd like it if Trent's fit. Um, that would help me out. But worst case, I can play Wan Bissaka with Bennett. I'm not, you know, it's not the end, not the end of the world. I wouldn't use a transfer on that. Um, I think so. Yeah. And. Uh- and we, we, of course, on this show have our Barlow and Baldwin. So the Barlow is the boring captain pick and Baldwin is, if you, now we know, we know, I know you're going to say Salah in terms of yeah. um, the Baldwin, but um, who would be your, or in terms of your Barlow captain pick, but who would you be your Baldwin? So your risky one, if you did decide to just go a, a rush of blood to the head and you didn't go Salah, who would you go for from your current lineup? Yeah. My team is set up very nicely for the current game week. So I've got Hazard away at Bournemouth. I've got um, Bamiang at home to Cardiff. Mm. I, I would probably say, though, in current form, I'd be tempted to look at Man United. And I think um, a lot of people have got Rashford, so you might as well you know, double up and get, get the benefit there. Or Pogba, even. I think um, against Burnley, normally they tend to sit fairly deep they allow usually allow a lot of shots particularly from outside the box and that's Pogba territory so 
I, I, I think probably um, probably a Bamiang will be quite a fairly obvious one anyway. So I'd be tempted by Pogba, but realistically, it's it's, it's not it's not going to be anybody but Salah. Yeah, and uh, Mersey, are you sticking with the uh, with what Adam said there? You're pretty much echoing his thoughts. Yeah, the only other one that I would say bold winner, which is very bold, is Dinier against Huddersfield. One up. <laughs> after after an OG, that would be seriously bold, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, He's due, uh, due a double digit haul because he doesn't do anything uh, exactly. by heart. Yeah. No, I like that. <laughs> um, and on that note, that's all we got time for on tonight's show. We have been Mars, you can find at Mars05, Adam, who you can find at HeyHopCroft13, and myself, who you can find at The Marple Curse. We hope you've enjoyed listening in. Check us out at Three Amigos FBL, where you can find our latest um, podcasts and links to our social channels. Please like, share, and rate the podcast as it makes us happy. Thanks, as always, for your support, and good luck in Game Week 24. Adios, amigos. Adios.